E-N. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another day where we saw some down numbers within the market trade. As we look at what's happening, obviously soybeans took a big drop. Uh, corn also on the lower side, flip side of the trade. It was still a lot of red on the screen as well for the livestock side. Not the way anybody wants to start a Monday trade. But we're going to take a look at some of the headlines that are happening within this market trade. Also find out what's happening in South America with somebody who knows up close and personal. And that's Don Rose. He's with U.S. Commodities. And Don, you and I have not had a chance to talk. I know for a while you were in South America. You've got some great contacts that are down there. And I thought maybe we could start out there because we haven't heard a lot about final numbers but and also haven't heard a lot about where this crop is going right now with the drought like conditions yeah good afternoon susan great to be back with you and yeah i think when you look at uh, central south america particularly south america we look at brazil uh no doubt i mean they had some issues some dry issues some severe issues with some dryness uh primarily in the uh in the uh, south and so you know their crop i think is Finally, well, it's basically harvested on soybeans, and uh, their first corn crop, obviously, is harvested. But, you know, the yield was uh, subpar. But I think, you know, going forward, that's probably dialed in the market. It looks like the acres on soybeans to us are going to go up possibly 2% next year, uh, just from a profitability standpoint. The internal corn in uh, Brazil is still running around that 810, 820 a bushel. So, you know, when you look at our prices here, you think that they look high, maybe, but not necessarily by the world competition. But uh, the second corn crop in Brazil, um, dry in the north now, and that's the big area, the safrina crop. And, uh, you know, that's trimming the yield back some. But, you know, pollination is basically done, and so it just needs some moisture just to help finish the crop off. Harvest uh, on the crop will start, um, let's just say, mid-July. Uh, so having said that, what is the optimism uh, for producers in South America? As they, just like here in the Midwest, have been dealt a wide variety of weathers. Well, you know, I think the biggest concern, uh, you know, of course, they're expanding the acres there. Um, profitability from a price standpoint is, is of course, attractive like it has uh, is across the world. But like a lot of producers here in the U.S. and different areas of the world, you're concerned about the fertilizer, the input cost. Um, your break-evens continue to go up. So I think that is the issue. And going forward, when you're looking at the uh, December 23 corn or November 23 soybeans, you know, the price historically looks okay, but you don't know what the uh, input costs are going to be. So that keeps you kind of anchored, Susan. Looking at uh, what you're hearing, um, obviously you're back here in the States and the opportunity to talk to, to growers and hear how things are going in the Midwest. What are you hearing when they look at South America and know that the pressure that's there to produce a good crop here in the U.S. and know that the other global factors are working in as well with things happening between Russia and Ukraine and just global weather altogether? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at it, Susan, I think that's what we're all trying to figure out is how much bullish news is dialed into the market. What's that mean from a price standpoint and when is enough is enough? Because, um, you know, we're I think now you have to say this is probably a late planted crop here in uh, North America. Um, you know, we've got some wet areas, some extremely wet areas. Uh, uh, North Dakota, you're probably talking about. <laughs> prevent plant, you know, probably could go up a million and a half acres 
Um, now, it is true that you can uh, you can plant another crop per, per uh, collect 55% of your APH yield on revenue, but it has to be a crop that is not uh, more of a forage type of crop. But So I think we've got a concern right now. I took risk premium off the market to start the week here just because uh, getting in the field uh, in a lot of areas. and But I think there's going to be a question mark with the yield. Can we really hit, like on corn, 181 bushel? That's trend yield. That's what we were using in the forum. Uh, what's the acre going to be, particularly when you're looking at now North Dakota uh, and some of these other areas maybe have some prevent plant acres. And um, so I think there's probably before you can put a knockout punch in this market, Susan, is you probably have to get a little bit closer to uh, pollination, see what the weather looks like. Remember, it's still a La Nina year, so that's concerning. What are some of your other concerns when you look at it? You bring up the La Nina year, and I know that that has continued to be talked about by, by folks uh, that trade commodities and do commodities like you. What are you feeling as we head into middle of May, into June? Well, I think as we get deeper into May, you have to uh, be concerned, number one, that at these price levels, uh, you know, they're lofty, um, that we could take more risk premium out of the market, that something could happen. Um, when the equity market, the world environment, and uh, certainly to start the week and even the end of last week, a big issue was uh, the uh, the equities, the world demand. Uh, the, as interest rates going up, it really changes the dynamics. Interest rates going up in the U.S. and around the world, uh, that makes our dollar stronger. That uh, limits some of the exports. So I think it's more about you know, there's two sides to the equation, the supply side, which we're focusing on uh, very close, but then there's also the demand side. So far, we haven't rationed in supplies. Uh, ethanol still, what, 25 cents a gallon, something like that, uh, profitable. We've got the crush margins on soybeans, uh, 250 to $3 a bushel profitable. But, you know, I think the concern is a La Nina year, does that mean we turn to a warmer, drier condition? That's what's supposed to happen in the southern plains and in the western Corn Belt. Uh, that's from the supply standpoint. And from the demand standpoint, I think the concern uh, continues to be what happens with this equity market as interest rates are rising. And we really haven't seen this type of a setup since the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, you know, for those that have went through that one, that was a tough time frame as inflation was rampant and we had to take interest rates up significantly to cool down the inflation because at 7% uh, or 8% inflation, Susan, you can see that over a course of just a few years, your purchasing power could drop by uh, 50%. So that can't happen. So you got to take interest rates up and uh, uh, get that under control. And that's what we're trying to do. And that's what the world's doing, Susan. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we continue with the Fontenelle Final Bell. If you need flexibility in your seed program, you've found it with Fontenelle. Chad McDaniel is a Fontenelle dealer at Roka, Nebraska. I'm confident Fontenelle has five to six different hybrids that'll work in about any geographic location in Nebraska. Our genetics and the hybrids are specifically selected for this region, and that helps us give the flexibility that our customers need. To find out more about becoming a Fontenelle dealer or about products, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labels. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Don Rose. Don with U.S. Commodities. Uh, you talked a little bit about exports uh, before we wrapped up the first half. And I wanted to get your thoughts because exports have definitely been on the quieter side this last couple of weeks. China coming off of holiday last week, but still not a lot of rumblings out there. Yeah, I think when you look at the export market, I mean, particularly out of China, of course, they're a big buyer of soybeans, uh, you know, taking a big percentage of our soybeans. But uh, China has a policy where they're going to they are paying the producer incentive to expand soybean acres. So they're trying to expand the soybean acres and, uh, you know, look at what happened in the hog industry to jump over. Um, they went to work and promoted expansion of the hog industry. Now the Chinese hogs are the cheapest in the world. And China really basically has uh, cut back their imports to almost non-existent from the U.S. And that's really taken a toll on the hog market. But uh, same thing you have to be leery of on the soybean market as China really is kind of getting a little more friendly with uh, Russia. And what's that mean for us? It's these world dynamics from trading and uh, it's getting more complicated as we go forward with some of these outside influences, uh, Susan. So, um so goes our uh, demand on uh, with uh, soybeans with China. So goes probably the price a little bit. Is there some optimism, though? Because we've got some definite warmer temperatures moving in. So these crops that were already in the ground might see a little bit of a boost. Well, I think when you look at this market overall, um, you know, our world supplies are just tight enough on, on soybeans and corn that um, we need a big crop out of the U.S. I mean, we had a stumble uh, crop, a short crop out of Brazil um, on soybeans. We had a shorter crop, although an adequate crop uh, here in the U.S., you know, not good enough to make up the ground on the uh, balance table. So a short crop in Brazil. Now their second corn crop looks like it's going to be a little bit short, too. So we're really counting on uh, North America, uh, particularly when you look at the issues that we have out of Ukraine, um, they're going to be a limited supplier of grain to uh, Europe. So, um, yeah, I think the North, and, that, and that's what I mean. I think this market may be one, although at lofty prices, it may be one that bends but doesn't break here. End users are still making money, so they're going to support it. Equity uh, traders uh, that are trading uh, a lot of different commodities, a lot of different equities, uh, probably taking some risk off the table here. Uh, probably partly what pounded the uh, hog market to the downside today and the cattle market to start out the day. You know, last week we had two optimistic days of higher numbers on these hogs. Friday, not so much. And to start on Monday with another drop like we did just is not a good way to set the tone. Well, the hog market is an interesting one because uh, seasonally, and this is partly true for the cattle too, um, seasonally, uh, the hog market bottoms the end of April and it rallies uh, through the summer. Uh, usually the cutouts find some strength. Our export market is usually uh, uh, pretty decent. But uh, what's happened is the last three weeks, for some reason, the supply is actually over a year ago where the supply is supposed to be 4 to 5% under a year ago. So that's part of the issue. And then we have uh, equity selling. But uh, the normal basis on uh, hogs over the cash is about uh, June hogs to be 5 to $7 over the uh, cash index. And right now we're uh, about on par with it. So we've taken an awful lot of risk premium out of this market. We gapped over lower on the hogs. But if the supply really isn't there, the disease is uh, really rampant, Susan. So we haven't got that under control. 
these slaughter numbers should come down. The seasonals should pop up, and there's gaps above the market that we should try and uh, uh, fill here. But it's uh, some of these outside influences are really kicking us around. We went from a basis level that was way too uh, too wide, that one that's now that's just too narrow. So um, you know, it's a it's a volatile uh, market, no doubt about it. Okay, so normally when we see a drop like we did in the corn, we see an increase in the cattle. That definitely did not happen today. No, I, uh, you know, and I think uh, the cattle market, when you talk about that, it's just been a disappointment. It's been a, a contracyclical uh, move on the cattle. Typically, um, we're moving to the upside. Our cutout is moving up. The cash market's moving up. Um, we have uh, grilling season. Uh, that uh, gives us a boost. Then we have Mother's Day gives us a boost, Memorial Day that gives us a boost. Well, right during the gut slot of when our best demand was, we uh, stumbled and went south. So um, it's a market that's concerning from the demand side. Uh, maybe it's some of the numbers are, are bigger, the weights are bigger. Um, you know, and those, those uh, I don't know about the weights, if they're going to stay uh, larger, but the numbers are going to stay large all the way through the, the middle of the summer. Uh, September 15th, actually, before the numbers come down. So, Good. so Don, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You bet. can reach us here at U.S. Commodities in West Des Moines at 1-800-247-4071. All right, that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. I just wanted to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com and wherever you subscribe. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.